Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's our lead pastor, Matthew Malik. The message in the series we've recently been engaging in is entitled, Look What God Can Do. And so this month, we've been hearing testimonies from different individuals. You've heard a testimony from my wife, Deb. You've heard, I, I shared a little bit of my testimony, but you get to hear me all the time. Uh, but we also heard from, from Jen last week, powerful testimony. And then Dave Ray shared his the week prior. And it's exciting and encouraging to hear what God has done in people's lives, the place he's brought them from to the place they are now and the place they're going. And so today you're going to hear testimonies. They'll be brief from those that are being water baptized. They're sitting on the front row, and, and maybe some of them are out there. You just don't know you're going to be baptized today. Okay. <laughs> because uh, I got a message for you that may inspire you to get wet today for Jesus, okay? Because, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. So now don't leave. Lock the doors. Nobody leave right now. Yeah, no, we're not going to twist anybody's arm, force them. What's wonderful about the Spirit of God, He moves us in such a way that we respond to His invitation, whether it's to come to a place of repentance, whether it's to take a step of obedience. It's according to our free will response. The gospel is never to be imposed or forced on anyone but it's freely received by those who accept it, okay? And so a scripture we've been using in this series is found in Revelation 12, 11. And uh, so if you have your Bibles turned, though, it's on the slide behind me. And it reads, and they overcame him. And, and the him in reference there is the accuser, or we know him as Satan, our adversary. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, that's in reference to Jesus, and by the word of their testimony, that's those testifying of what Jesus did. And they did not love their lives to the death. And there's, there's, opportunity, there's times where people, they are persecuted to the point where it may cost them their very life. But the testimony of Jesus is empowering to those who hear and to those who speak it. It causes their life to be engaged even in a greater dimension of connection to God. Every time we testify for Jesus, it reinforces the truth that we already know and possess. And so this is an opportunity today to hear some testimonies as people are, are making their testimony of Jesus public, going public with their faith. And so because today is Baptism Sunday, um, I have a couple jokes it's a little bit of humor. It's, it, these are signs that the baptismal service is not going like it should, okay? And uh, the first one I have is the service is held at Mount Olympus theme park in Wisconsin Dells. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. That'd be a lot of fun, right? Um, or when the baptism begins, the worship team plays the theme from Jaws, you know? Or the pastor comes wearing scuba gear. But uh, this is, you know, we've done uh, baptisms at the Wisconsin River, Jordan Pond, different places in the city, wherever there's been bodies of water. 
And uh, you know it's not going well if the Coast Guard shows up, okay? So anyway, so I have a, a story for you today, and we're going to pray right now, and then we're going to get into it. It's a story. It's a baptism, baptism story we see in the Bible. Thank you, Father. Father, we honor you in this place, and I thank you for everyone that's come. And, Father, as we honor you, we want to share your word in a way that people can receive it and understand it more profoundly. We pray for revelation, knowledge, and insight and understanding so that we can, Father, live out our faith and live this life with an awareness of who you are and what you've done for us, that you would engage hearts today in such a way that would be real. Father, where you would make connections with people here today in a profound way, in Jesus' name. You know, I, I was just thinking, as you know, a lot of times we have so many questions, so many questions, and, and you know, we can get answers, but sometimes we get answers, we only have more questions. Maybe you've come here today with questions, and we know that God longs to answer those questions, and it's okay to have questions. Don't condemn yourself because you're full of questions. It's good to have questions because if you have questions, that means you're willing to learn. That means you're teachable. That means you want to hear something that can impact your life. So if you've come with questions this morning, I applaud you, okay? So God's going to meet you in a significant way. So I want to share this baptism story we see in the Bible about this guy called Philip who was an evangelist. An evangelist is one of those guys that go and they talk about Jesus everywhere they go. They share what Jesus did for them and what Jesus can do for others. And an evangelist actually is one that can lead people into a personal relationship with Christ. And so Philip, he's given that title in the New Testament as the evangelist, as an evangelist. There were others, but he was a profound one that we see in Scripture, and he's mentioned several times. But in this particular case, we see in Acts chapter 8, he's mentioned. And he meets up with this guy. He's an Ethiopian guy. He's a eunuch. And I'm going to tell you what that is and, uh, but in just a moment. But I want to start out in um, Acts 8.25. And we're going to kind of just play out the story and, and see what message we can see from the Word of God in the example we see in the Ethiopian eunuch's baptism. Acts 8.25, Now when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. So the backdrop of this was Paul uh, was standing and holding the coats of those who just stoned uh, Stephen. And there was, this was the first martyr. Christian uh, that we see referenced in the New Testament. And so after this, the church had scattered. So Philip decided, I'm going to Samaria. And so he started preaching Jesus. People were saved. They sent for Peter and John uh, to pray with them, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so uh, the church is starting to gain territory and spread because of the persecution. And, and so as a result, um, then now you know, people are coming to faith in Christ uh, and Philip is in Samaria, and he's returning now. And uh, starting in verse 26, the story goes on. It says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, the man of Ethiopia, 
a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship. Now, understand that this Ethiopian, Ethiopian eunuch, and I've been in Ethiopia. It's, it's a great place to buy coffee, okay? If you ever go there, don't forget to bring coffee, okay? But um, uh, anyway, I didn't need to say that, I guess. Um, I haven't had my coffee this morning. Maybe that's why. Anyway, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch was a high court official of Candace, who was the queen of Ethiopia. And we are uncertain of his name. And I was thinking about that. I was pondering about that. You know, maybe Philip just forgot his name. That's why it's not mentioned in the Scripture. And sometimes, you know how you may forget a name. You may have an encounter. You may have a good story to tell, but you forget their name, you know. And that happens to me occasionally. Um, Hopefully, it won't happen with you, okay? Anyway, uh, he was in Israel to worship the Lord at the temple. He was most likely a Jewish proselyte. He actually uh, became, you know, a believer. And on the trip home to Ethiopia, he had a life-changing encounter with Philip the Evangelist. Now, we understand that a eunuch, and this might sound pretty gross, uh, is a man who's been castrated for the purpose of being, becoming a trusted servant in the king's in an official court. And uh, it was... Uh, there were several reasons. We don't get, need to delve into all those reasons why they would castrate him. But uh, there's something about taking away a person's manhood through that that can bring that person into to become a slave of, of sorts. And, and uh, now, obviously, this guy was very well respected and had a high rank of authority, which isn't often common uh, for eunuchs anyway. And so we see other references throughout the Bible uh, about uh, eunuchs. And um, so now because this man was African, it is believed that he was responsible for the initial spread of the gospel into the continent of Africa. And so that's a powerful thing, too. He was a man of wealth and a man of influence. And he had gone to church that day, okay? And so he went to church that day. Now, uh, verse 28, we'll take it up. He was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. So he's doing his daily Bible reading, you know, just, uh, and back then it was probably one of these scrolls. And, 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 you know, he had to have some wealth to even own a copy of Isaiah because at that time it was all the scribes had to, every copy was personalized, you know, and all that. So there wasn't the printing press like we have today. And so the spirit, verse 29 then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. Okay. <laughs> Can you picture that scene? There's this flaming evangelist. I'm Philip. And he's going up to this chariot. I mean, that eunuch might say, guards, take him out. You know? But um, he didn't, thank God. Or we wouldn't have the story today. <laughs> and Philip said to him, do you understand what you're reading? Verse 31, and he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he, see, now understand this, and there's a little backdrop here, because the Spirit of God knew this eunuch would be there at that time, that place, and that his heart was hungry, open, and ready to receive the word. 
So he spoke to Philip, and Philip in his obedience responded to be there at the right time to meet this person where he is at. See, you and I need to be in that place in your Christian walk. Lord, help me to be in the right place at the right time so that I can be your servant ministering to somebody that's at a point of need that needs to receive from you, okay? Now, he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. Oh, this is good. He got an invitation. I, I bet Philip got excited at that moment. He said, in verse 32, the place in Scripture which he read was this, and he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shear is silent. So he opened not his mouth. Verse 33, in his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Verse 34, so the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask of you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man? Now notice verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at this, at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. He talked, this is Jesus. This is talking about Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus, okay? And so uh, going on, maybe fast forwarding a little bit. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Verse 38, so he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now, I want you to notice, if you want to put back 36, verse 36 up there, See, here's water, what hinders me from being baptized. All of you, see, here's water, what hinders you from being baptized. You might say, Pastor, I didn't come here planning to be baptized today. Well, maybe you will. What hinders you, if you haven't and you're willing, guess what? Where is it? Bear with me. Is there here somewhere? I brought some swim trunks and some extra towels. So, guys, if, if you want to do it, I, you know, we can just have you run back and change quick. And, and we got some of these fancy shirts to give to you. So you can join us in this, okay? We don't want to exclude or eliminate anybody that is willing and desires to, okay? And it's happened before. And uh, the Ethiopian eunuch wasn't or didn't come prepared for baptism that day. He's most likely in his royal garb. Not necessarily fitting for baptism, but he was compelled because there was water nearby and he didn't see any reason why not to be baptized. So the question I ask is, what hinders you? Now, when we are water baptized, we're following the example that was set by Jesus. You can write down the reference if you're taking notes in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Here Jesus comes to John the Baptist and he says, I need, John, would you baptize me? And John said, you're Messiah, you're Jesus. You should be baptizing me, not the other way around. And Jesus said, no, do it because I must fulfill all righteousness. And see, when he was baptized, the heavens were opened, and God spoke. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You know what happens when we're baptized? Jesus set the example, and the example is set for us to really see what's happening there. It's fulfilling righteousness. In other words, it's living out right what God wants us to do. And then when the heavens open, guess what happens? God speaks. And he says, this is my 
beloved son or daughter in whom I'm well pleased because he's pleased by your step of obedience. He's pleased that you, you've made a decision to follow him. Wow. Okay. Now, the word baptism itself is defined as the process of immersion, submersion, or dipping. And there's three baptisms that are most important that we see in the scriptures. The baptism into the body of Christ. When you become a believer, you become immersed into the family of God. You become a child of God. You become a Christian. There's the baptism in water, which we're demonstrating here today. And then the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where you're filled with his spirit. And the, the scripture actually calls it that, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. So water baptism, look what God can do. At, at Refuge, we believe in making and celebrating certain spiritual milestones in people's lives. And this is one of them, water baptism. When people decide to go public with their faith, the most significant milestone that anyone can reach is their decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life and commit their life to him. And then appeal to God in his grace to grow as they begin their new life in Christ. And baptism is a way of making this important decision that sets you apart from your past and that actually uh, removes you from that negative worldly influence that once controlled your life. It's a setting apart because you're doing this thing public and, and there is no turning back. And, and I want you to be informed about the biblical meaning of baptism and celebrate baptism as, as an expression of spiritual change that has happened in your life. And I want to share three important aspects, things that we need to know about water baptism before we do this. Number one, it's an act of obedience. It's an act of obedience. Water baptism is the next step for following Jesus Christ. In Matthew 29 or 28, 19, the scripture says, Go therefore and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So we see Jesus commanded it, but he himself uh, was baptized. And as people follow the Lord and water baptism, they're following through the steps of discipleship that lead to further obedience. So this is a step of obedience that leads to further obedience. And if, realize if we fail to observe this command, we can hinder our progress or growth in God. You might say, oh, well, Pastor, I don't need to do that. Well, Take it up with Jesus. Take it up with the Bible. Don't take it up with me, okay? And, and then Acts 2.38, we see uh, Peter, he is preaching. And uh, this was the day of Pentecost or thereafter. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. Again, we see it as a command. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, just as the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus... When he was baptized, we can expect the Holy Spirit to fall on us. And Peter is speaking in reference to that in this particular verse. Number two, number one, what, what is it again, number one? Water baptism is an act of obedience. Got that? Number two, it's a public declaration. It's an initial testimony of our faith in Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ. In water baptism, the believer is immersed in, in water as a testimony of his new faith and obedience to God. In Matthew 10, 32, the scripture says this, because it says acknowledging that you're following Jesus. Matthew 10, 32 says, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. And, and King James, New King James Version says, confesses me on earth, okay? And so this is your confession of faith 
of what Jesus has done for you. And I believe it's so important for Christians to go public with their faith. And, and really, it, um, for, for many that try to keep their faith private, uh, they're never really fulfilling God's plan for their life. Uh, water baptism is an open, public profession of your faith that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. And so you guys are going public with your faith today. That's awesome. And then number three, number one, it's an act of obedience. It's number two. Help me out. It's a public declaration. And number three, what's number three? Oh, I didn't give it to you yet. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding you. Okay, number three, it's a symbol or physical sermon of your new life as a devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Now, that's a mouthful. I'll say it again. It's a symbol or a physical sermon. That's what it is, of your new life as a devoted follower of Jesus Christ. And I want to share a scripture with you in relation to that. It's found in Romans 6, 3 and 4. Romans 6, 3 and 4. It says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? That's death, okay? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. That's burial. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might not walk in newness of life. So we see the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And that's why we have these shirts raised to life. Because we believe we're raised to new life in Christ Jesus. And this is symbolic of putting to death that old way of life and living your life in the strength of God's power and grace in his newness. And, and that's a profound thing, and we can do a whole series on that. So it's a physical sermon. As you are laid down in the water, you're testifying that you've died to your old self. And as you're brought up, you're testifying that you've been raised up in new life by Jesus' resurrection. And we're speaking uh, of the death and burial of our old way of life, an old way of living, and we're rising up as new cre- creatures in Christ, or a new creation. Because the scripture says, if any man or woman be in Christ, they are a new creature, a new creation. Old things pass away and all things become new. Now, guys getting ready for this? Okay. Now, each candidate for water baptism will have the opportunity to give a brief testimony of their relationship with Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And let me tell you that this testimony is before God and man in this auditorium here, as well as the angels and the demons that are bearing witness to what's happening here today in the spiritual realm. And as a minister of the gospel, my declaration over you will be, I baptize you in the name of Jesus. I baptize you. Let me, I'll get it right. I will say that, okay. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son Jesus Christ, and of the Holy Spirit, okay? And um, so for those of you now, maybe you're sitting there and saying, what hinders me from being baptized? Or let me say that again. What hinders me from being baptized? I don't have a shirt. (laughs) Well, Heidi's going to be in the back. Heidi and Brooke, where are you? She's coming right now. See that wonderful lady uh, coming, walking through the foyer. She's coming through these doors. She has these cool shirts. Now, don't just do it for the shirt, okay? (laughs) I want that shirt. (laughs) 
Um, but you can go back there, slip back there now. They'll instruct you what to do. Hey, this is cool. This is church. This is family, okay? You don't have to say, this is awkward. No. You know, if you're sitting with family at home in the living room or something, you have to go to the bathroom. Just get up and go. Don't, you don't have to make an announcement. You know, <laughs> you know it's, yeah. Now, if you keep doing it, I, we might have issues with. Anyway, so are you here today and you say, Pastor, you know, I'm sensing God stirring my heart. Maybe you were baptized as an infant. You know, that's okay, but, it's a big but, that was not your decision. That was a decision of your parents because of what they wanted for your life, which is a good thing. They wanted you to have an encounter with God. They wanted you to be raised in the Christian environment, Christian home, and we commend them for that. But now it's not up to your parents. It's up to you, and it's you going public in response to what Jesus did for you, and and that counts and matters very, very significantly. It, it becomes a defining moment in our lives. And as I said earlier this month in the series, we have not fully recognized the power of our personal testimony and the difference it can make in the lives of others. Uh, you've seen the te- baptism testimonies, and you're going to hear some more today live of what God's done in people's lives. And so maybe even as you're hearing someone else's testimony, that may move you to come up here as well, all right? I'm going to have the worship team come up here, uh, and uh, we're going to um, spend a little time in worship uh, at the end here. But again, realize that the Ethiopian, sometimes I get tongue-tied. I hate that when that happens. The Ethiopian eunuch saw the opportunity. And for the baptism candidates, the testimony includes a brief story, an affirmation of their faith in Jesus Christ and their love for him. And so let's stand together. We're going to just pray. And during this moment, uh, we want to present those being water baptized uh, to the Lord for this celebration. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your word today. And, and your word brings instruction. It brings understanding and often conviction that moves us to action. And Father, I just pray that your word, which has gone forth today, would move in the hearts of your people to bring them to a place of further obedience. Father, we thank you for those that are being water baptized today. And Father, we celebrate with them the profession of their faith as they go public with their faith in obedience to what you've commanded. In Jesus' name, we give you praise and glory. Let's stand together. We're going to worship a little bit here before we close the service. Um, But before we sing the song, and the song is resurrecting one of my favorites, because when we encounter Jesus, we encounter the power of his resurrection that brings us from death to life. Because the Bible says we're dead in our sins. All of us are spiritually crippled and we're dead spiritually because of sin. That's why Jesus came, to give us life. I want to just extend an invitation 
to you this morning. If you're here and you say, Pastor, you know, I've never made a personal commitment of, of my life to Jesus. And today, if you search your heart and you ask yourself, am I right with God? I believe you know the answer to that. If you're not right with God, it only takes a decision. It only takes a moment. It's a surrender. It's a turning. We call it repentance. You turn from living life your way and you turn to Jesus who offers you life his way. And as you open your heart to him, he not only forgives you of your sins, but he addresses the nature of sin in your life so that you can be free from the addictive power of it. And so if you're here today and you say, Pastor, God is doing something in me right now. I don't really know what's happening, but I'm willing to surrender my life to him. I'm willing to open up my heart to him and let him in and make him the Lord of my life to receive him as my personal savior. It's your good works that really don't get you anywhere. But it's your commitment and declaration to Jesus that allows you to receive eternal life. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around in this moment, you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I know my life is not right with God. I'm ready in this moment to surrender my life to Him. Would you pray for me? Just lift up your hand if if you'd say, I want to receive Jesus today. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. We're going to pray a prayer. Those four people, you can put your hands down, that lifted your hands. Uh, at the end of the service, we're going to have the prayer team up here, and, and we're going to offer a prayer. You can make your way to the front at the end of the service. But right now, we want to pray a prayer. For those especially that raised your hand, you pray this, but we can all pray this prayer together. I call it the believer's prayer. It's when we put our faith in Jesus, when we trust him to become our Lord and our Savior. So repeat after me, everyone. Heavenly Father, I come before you acknowledging that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. And I believe you rose from the dead to give me life. Forgive me of my sins and make my life what you want it to be. I surrender to you now. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Amen. Now, if you meant that prayer sincerely, acknowledge that to the person nearby. Said, I mean that in my heart. I mean that prayer. I believe Jesus is my Lord. I receive him in this moment. Amen. While we celebrate for what God has done in this place, now let's celebrate by worshiping him. And if you want to make your way to the front, if you uh, are so moved, uh, just want to get closer uh, to, to the altar, feel free to as we uh, sing this song. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.